Sabina Nessa was the victim of a horrific crime. The bright and beautiful 28-year-old teacher was brutally murdered by Cochise Salamage in a quiet park in London. Her killer, an Albanian immigrant, was deservedly jailed for 36 years. Sabina's mother claimed her daughter got racist treatment in the press, as her murder received less coverage than that of Sarah Everard. Look, I'm not going to attack the emotional response of a grieving mother, but I do think it's important to look at this issue, because the fact is that Sabina's murder got enormous coverage in the press, far more than most white victims. Beth Aspie, in just one example, was beaten to death with a hammer by her partner. But she got no coverage in the national press at all. Her murder happened less than a mile from where I live. But I've never even heard of it until starting research for this film. And you've probably never heard of it either. It's true that some crimes get more coverage than others. That could be due to a particular feature of the crime, or just the photogenic face of the victim. Because both of those sell papers. But it really isn't down to race. At least, not in the way that Sabina's mother imagines. After all, few crimes in British history received more coverage than the killing of Stephen Lawrence, the young black man who was stabbed to death by a white mob in 1993. That crime received decades of blanket, anguished coverage in the British media. Yet that never seems to happen when the roles are reversed. In fact, a case has only just concluded. And to my knowledge, it got zero coverage in the national press, despite startling similarities with the Stephen Lawrence case, including the age of the victim and the racial element of the crime. Kean Tordoff was just 19, and like Lawrence he was stabbed to death by six young men in an apparently racially motivated attack. Kean had been chased down in Bradford city centre and stabbed to death in a savage assault. Sheria Khan, Arbaz Khan and Mohammed Adil Hussain were all convicted of the murder, while Isaiz Khan, Ahmad Shakil and Adam Kayoum were all acquitted. This was covered in depth in the local press, but was being deliberately ignored at national level. And not for the first time. In 2004, Chris Donald, a white 15-year-old Scottish boy, was kidnapped and murdered by a group of Pakistani men in a crime described as racially motivated by the presiding judge. Daesh Zahid, Imran Shahid, Zishan Shahid, Mohammed Faisal Mustak and Zahid Mohammed were all convicted of kidnapping the boy before stabbing him multiple times, dousing him in petrol and setting him on fire. Three suspects had fled to Pakistan but were extradited back to the UK after the intervention of Mohammed Sawar, then Labour MP for Glasgow Central. 
Those convicted admitted that they had set out to kill a random white boy. In 2008, Ben Kinsella, a 16-year-old student at Holloway School, was out celebrating with friends in Islington. Three black men had yelled out, What are you looking at? to one of Kinsella's friends. There was an altercation, and Kinsella, who was not involved, and thinking he had nothing to fear, attempted to leave. But Jade Braithwaite, Michael Elaine, and Juness Kika simply decided to target another white boy. They beat Kinsella to the ground and stabbed him to death in a savage attack. In 2001 in Peterborough, ten days after the September 11th attacks, Ross Parker, a 17-year-old white boy, was killed by a group of British Pakistanis in another racially motivated attack. Parker, who was just five foot five inches tall, was walking with his girlfriend down a cycle path when confronted by around ten Pakistanis, some in balaclavas. They were intent on killing a white boy after the attacks in New York and Washington. They sprayed Parker in the face with CS gas, stabbed him numerous times and beat him with a large hammer. Ahmed Ali Awan, Shaled Nazir and Safraz Ali were all convicted of his murder. In 1994, Richard Everett, a 15-year-old white boy, was stabbed to death by a group of British Bangladeshis in another racially motivated attack. There was considerable strife between white British youth and Bengalis in Camden at the time. Remarkably, when two suspects were arrested, the campaign groups Liberty and the Society of Black Lawyers called for their immediate release, claiming that the murder wasn't racist, but the judicial process was. Badral Mia and Shawat Akbar were both jailed, though it's believed that a number of the other suspects, and the actual killer, fled to Bangladesh and escaped justice. In June 2020, Bradley Gledhill was with two friends in Batley, West Yorkshire. In an apparently unprovoked incident, they were attacked by an armed gang of six. Usman Karolia, Ahmed Karolia, Raja Nawaz, Nabil Nazir, Ifran Hussain and Nakash Hussain viciously stabbed and beat the three youngsters. All suffered significant injuries in the attack, which took place in front of a young child, and Bradley died of his wounds. His assailants were heard to laugh when they realised he was dead. And in 2017, in Gillingham, Essex, five black teenagers stabbed Kyle Yule to death in a savage attack. The culprits, Victor Maibazira, Jordan Dania, Shizaki Adeli, Ephraim Akunumui and Tyler Ralph, were all convicted and given lengthy sentences. All were fans of drill music and bragged about using swords and knives. The murder appeared to be a gang dispute with a wholly racial motive. There are some differences between cases like these and that of Stephen Lawrence. 
but there are none that justify the colossal differences in coverage. Because if you combined all the press reports for these attacks into a bundle, I still doubt you'd even approach 1% of the coverage given to Stephen Lawrence. And that disparity is caused by race. But not in the way that Sabina Nessa's poor mother imagines. The media will give blanket coverage when white thugs are guilty of a racist murder, but they will bury it if the perpetrators are black or Asian. Because they claim they don't want to stir up racial tensions. Yet stirring up racial tensions is what the press do all the time. Whether amping up cases like Stephen Lawrence, Peyton Gendron and Darren Osborne, spreading endless hate about white privilege, or giving credence to all the noxious and divisive claims of Black Lives Matter. They're stoking up racial tensions while burying the truth, which you wouldn't think should be the media's modus operandi. And you don't need to be Nostradamus to see that this isn't going to end well. If you'd like to support this channel, please like, subscribe and think about buying my books. They're called The Tyranny of the Left and they go into topics like this in much greater detail. Please do feel free to pick them up and let me know what you think. Thank you.